It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison, and this week I'm here with our radio and TV writer, Rodney Ho. Welcome. How are you doing, Shane? I'm good. Uh, and uh, tell us what you brought us this week. Well, I am bringing, because I'm a huge Survivor fan, I was super excited when I found out that Ron Clark, uh, who started the Ron Clark Academy, is going to be part of season 38, which starts on February 20th. Cool. Super excited. So so tell me a little bit about who Ron Clark is. Well, I have known him for a good 13, 14 years. Um, he is an educator. He's from North Carolina, good old Southern boy who um, in 2000 or so moved up to um, Harlem and became a teacher there and uh, just sort of created his own philosophy in terms of how to be an educator. And, you know, Oprah got, you know, heard of him and brought him on the show and she's just maybe he should write a book and he became a best-selling author right and um you know it turned into a movie the ron clark story back in 2006 on lifetime right. and matthew perry uh who was chandler on friends played him and he became kind of nationally known that way and that's when i interviewed him right and he, at the time he had moved to atlanta and he was in the midst of starting the Ron Clark Academy, which is in Southwest Atlanta. Um, yeah. He wanted to start a middle school with at-risk kids that he thought would be, you know, the right time to sort of capture the kids before, you know, he realized that middle school is kind of a period of time where if you're going to grab them, yeah. that's the right time to sort of influence them. Uh-huh. And he sort of placed all his philosophies into this one school and turned it into a bit of a laboratory of sorts, right. reflecting his sort of high-energy, enthusiastic high expectations level of education. Yeah. Um, you know, a, you know, a lot of it ended up becoming a little bit gimmicky in the sense that people, you know, often will see the videos where he's dancing and rapping and right. double dutching and all that, but yeah. it's 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 wrapped in actual education. He expects right. a lot from these kids. Um, and people, you know, tons of people apply to have the opportunity to be in this academy. Uh, kids get to travel around the world. It's, uh, you know, they get to meet all sorts of famous folks and they have to learn how to speak publicly. And it's, uh, you know, over the past 10, 12 years, it's been an extraordinary um, laboratory where tens of thousands of teachers from around the world have traveled. And in fact, that's where he makes his money mostly is actually from teachers coming in for two day seminars, basically right. learning about the Ron Clark way. Because, huh. you know, obviously he, he has influence over these hundreds of kids, but he right. wants to have much broader influence. So his yeah. hope is that he's influenced, you know, 
tens of thousands of kids through these teachers who have been educated right. through him and to learn some of his philosophies and hopefully, you know, empl- you know, exemplify some of that in their classrooms as well across the country. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, all of the attention-getting things that, that happen, it, you know, it, it's a means to an end, I guess. Yeah, really. he just did a interview. Yeah, I guess he just did a video, um, you know, with the Super Bowl. He had his kids do a Welcome right. to Atlanta Super Bowl type video with Ludacris, right. and that got a lot of viral buzz. Yeah. And, he, you know, he's good at doing those types of things to get attention. Yeah. Uh, and Oprah has contributed huge amounts of money to his school. Yeah. Uh, you know, he gets a lot of corporate support, a lot of foundation support. Right. And uh, he's about to expand the school. It's like he's going to double the size of the school now. And he's raised like 16 out of $19 million already for a big capital expansion of his school. So things are going great there. And But I didn't realize, you know, until I saw him on the uh, casting list is that, gee, he's a big Survivor fan, too. And huh. I've loved Survivor since it started in 2000. And apparently right. he... He does too. He's a huge fan. Yeah, and you know, I guess that competitive spirit that got him to start the Ryan Clark right. Academy is right. what drives him to be on Survivor. He's not an outdoorsman at all. Mm-hmm. You know, he do, he doesn't consider himself a physical you know threat in any sense. He considers himself a social animal. You know, ultimately right. that's what got him to convince people to you know to you know contribute money to his school and also makes him connect with the kids. So the hope is that the connection he has with people face to face will work on a game like Survivor. Right. Right. Well, cool. So now this this season, which is is just about to start, yes, is how many seasons? Are we there? are up to season thirty eight. They do wow. two cycles a year. It's almost twenty years. Jeff Probst Jeez. has been. He was originally the host. Now he's an executive producer. He yeah. helps. You know, he's very active in the show mm-hmm. now. I mean, he's he's one of the key people. He's the reason I think why the show is so successful in many ways because he's a great host. He just yeah. brings empathy and he's fun on you know out there in Fiji. You know, they now do two cycles. To save money, they now do it in the same locate, pretty much in the same place every year. So Fiji is the islands. They used to travel around the world, you know, China, right. Africa. Now, from a financial standpoint, they do back-to-back seasons in the same location area. You know, there's right. a bunch of different islands. They don't do it in the same exact location, but the same right. general region of Fiji. Yeah. And they do the seasons back-to-back. Uh, so that's a way to save money. Um, and we had a couple of great Atlanta local people for season 37. Uh, so it's just great to have another one in 38. We've had a lot of people from Atlanta. Uh, nobody, you know, we've had one person win. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we had John Rocker on a few seasons back. That was, This is probably the most right. famous person out of Atlanta besides John Rocker. And John didn't last very long. But yeah. I, I yeah. have no idea whether, you know, I could see Ron being very, very likable, but potentially a target because he is so darn likable that might actually yeah. make him. And it depends on how, you know, he deals with kind of the, the, you know, the other players. And he says he's very neurotic. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing on the show. If you get too, <laughs> if you get too much into your head and you get paranoid, paranoia will kill you on the show because yeah. you'll start, you know, people don't like to hang around paranoid people. Right. It's just not comfortable. So hopefully he can tamp that down and, um, you know, play a smart game. Because, yeah. you, you, you know, ultimately it's hard if you're not, you, you do have to sometimes play, you know, you have to lie sometimes, cheat and steal to, to win Survivor. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, it's not a glorious game when it comes to perfect integrity. Right. <laughs> but it's a game. You have to remember right. it's a game and yeah. you sometimes have to lie to people's faces to get what you need. Yeah. It's it's the downside in a sense, but it also makes it a fascinating game. Right. It's not necessarily the most ethical person that wins. No, no, but... it's not necessarily the most, you know, every season is different. There's a lot of luck involved. I mean, yeah. you, you, there's no way you can look at the 20 or 18 or 20 people and say, oh, I know this person's going to win. There's right. no way to tell because they, they, they move people around. And sometimes you just have to end up with the wrong set of people or you're yeah. ally- allied 
side with the wrong person or you lose the wrong challenge. You just never know. There are too many factors involved to say say that at all. Sometimes yeah. the strategic person wins. Sometimes it's the physical threat that wins. You just never know who's going to end up being. And that's what makes it a fun show. And that's why it still draws, you know, 9, 10 million viewers every week. It's yeah. been a very consistent crew of followers of the, of the show. And I'm not, I don't consider myself a super fan per se, because those yeah. people, they, they, they do fantasy leagues. They're right. on Reddit all day long talking about the show. Yeah. I, I have a college friend who I just found out is a huge fan. And I was like, I'm a fan. I'm not that much of a fan, but <laughs> I admire the show and I, I watch most every season. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing that it's lasted that long. It is in a landscape where I mean, so many shows have come and gone since. Sure, then. and come back. I mean, Fear yeah. Factor. You know, a lot of these shows, Temptation Island, they were big in the early two thousands, and they yeah. died, and they came back. And other shows, you know, a lot of shows have hung around from the early two thousands, and that's one of them. That it was the first competitive reality show out there. It, yeah. it was on the cover of Time Magazine in two thousand. It was a groundbreaking right. show, and it's managed to survive all these years. And it's it's an incredibly difficult show to make. I mean, from a production standpoint, think about it. You're out in the elements. You're shooting twenty four seven. You know, sometimes you've got typhoons and you got to deal yeah. with the elements, and they create these massive, elaborate challenges that are like crazy. Like I think they have a staff that just does it twenty, you know, all year round. They create these these incredibly complex challenges, right. and you're like, wow. I mean, how do you how do you do these things? I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's astounding and of course casting is important i mean if, yeah. if they don't have a good cast it, it doesn't guarantee a great season you yeah. need a good group of 18 people or 20 people that are just interesting and dynamic and willing to play the game and people over the years i think they're i think they've gotten smarter and people are more willing to play the game mm-hmm. and really strategize sometimes people try to lay back and do nothing and you, you know if you do that you're not going to you, know, you might get far but you're not going to win you're not yeah. going to win the million dollars yeah. you've, you've got to play the game yeah you've got to create as they say a resume yeah, know, and show that you played smart, right? Because uh, ultimately, the people who are voting for you are the other the people in the jury, mm-hmm. uh, so you can't hide from them. Yeah, it's not a popularity contest necessarily. Sometimes the winner is somebody that's not very well liked. Yeah, people yeah. respect them for yeah. the, for a good game, but sometimes that gets in the way. Sometimes if you you know. If you upset the wrong people, they're going to take it personally. And even if you played a better game, you still still may lose. Yeah. Because sometimes people go into the jury and still vote vote with their heart as opposed to their head. Right. Huh. Yeah, it's fascinating that, that it's just fascinating to me that the show has has stayed, you know, it is popular. Yeah, especially in a day where everything is splintered and everybody's watching Netflix and stuff. Yeah. This show has managed to keep a fan base, that, yeah. which is impressive. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I, I hope Ron does well. I have no idea. He could be the first one out, or yeah. he could be the last one in. We yeah. don't know. Yeah. So I guess we'll just uh, have to wait and see. Um, so meanwhile, we're going to uh, take a listen to uh, Rodney's talk with uh, Ron Clark. What did you uh, did you talk about? We couldn't talk much about Survive. I mean, I guess you I could couldn't really about- tell. Yeah, I couldn't really talk about what actually happened on the island, but certainly about his preparation, right? Why he likes the game, what his personal feelings about strengths and weaknesses, all that stuff. We were able to talk about that. I mean, I've done enough of these interviews to know not to get into it, and I don't want to know. I mean, I, I want to be surprised like yeah. anybody else. I mean, yeah. spoilers are spoilers, but I don't care for that. Right. You know, I, I want to be as surprised as anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, let's uh, take a listen to Rodney's chat with uh, Ron Clark. Hey, this is Rodney Ho with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I am here with Ron Clark of the Ron Clark Academy. He happens to be on the cast of Survivor 38, which is <laughs> Edge of Extinction. Very dramatic. Yes. It's like you're in Jurassic World or something, <laughs> right? So uh, how long have you been a fan of the show? Um, ever since the very first episode, I even saw the previews when I was teaching in Harlem, and I said, I think I want to watch this. This is like something groundbreaking. And I had a little 16-inch TV, black and white. 
I had a little tiny bedroom in New York City, and I just I remember watching the first episode, and I was hooked. I just loved it, and it kind of transformed me because I'd never seen anything like that before, and I knew I wanted to be a part of it, but due to my life and work and commitment to my students, I was never able to actually apply or to do it until about a couple of years ago. I said, you know what? You only live once. I'm getting really old here. His <laughs> <laughs> mid-40s, he's ready for retirement. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, I, I mean, do you feel like mental? I mean, you've watched enough of the seasons. What, where, where do you think going in your strengths and weaknesses were as, as you were assessing your own chances of winning a million dollars? Well, going into Survivor, I wouldn't uh, label my physical strength as one of my best assets. Um, I'm not the most athletic person. I've never made fire before. I don't go camping. So um, I'm really adamant element when you look at those types of things. But I'm really good at a social game. I'm really good at interacting with people. I'm really good at forming alliances and um, building a team camaraderie. And so going into Survivor, I said those are things I need to really rely on. And the great thing about the show is that every year, you know, you know it, there's so many elements of chance of the show. You never really know who's going to win. Right. You know, anybody could win it. It mm-hmm. just depends on which, you know, if you end up on the right team or if the right challenge happened to come along. So there's a lot of luck involved. And every year, a different type of winner wins, right? Sometimes it's a strategic player, sometimes a physical player. And so you just went in just more for the adventure. I mean, did you, in your heart, did you say, I could win this million dollars? Is that of yeah. utmost importance too? Going into Survivor, in my head, I'm thinking, you have to win. Uh, I'm so competitive. If, if I lose at a game of cards or if I don't win a jump rope challenge, anything, I freak out. And like I overanalyze things so I didn't know when. I have to do better next time. I think it's that type of a drive that helped me to be successful with the school because I was like, no, we have to be successful. We have to work harder and push. And so I always tell myself there's always a way to be successful with hard work. And so going into it, I told myself I'll just work as hard as I possibly can and that was my um, thought process. Have you ever uh, had a diet of just like rice for days type of thing? Or? Okay, I like eat Mary Max like twice a week. And like, I, I'm like the worst, I love fried chicken and collard greens. And so I'm like so unhealthy and like I just ate a Baby Ruth candy bar right before you came up here. I'm like, so, um, and I love my comfort food. And when I wanna eat, I eat. So the thought of going into a situation where you have no food, you have a little bit of rice, um, it takes mental preparation. And so every night for about six months before I went to bed, I would meditate and I would try to um, imagine how full I was, how content, how warm. I tried to vision my bedroom around me and how happy I was. And so then I said, when I get on Survivor, if I'm ever hungry or cold or wet or miserable, I'll just close my eyes and meditate and take myself back to that moment. I hope that worked. I mean, you're not supposed to tell us what happened on the island, but uh, right. you went to Fiji and uh, you've flown all around the world for the school with your students. Yes. Was Fiji one of the places you've ever gone to? Never been to Fiji. Okay. It, was, it was beautiful. I loved it. It's a great experience. So not only did I get to go play Survivor, I got to go to Fiji. <laughs> so that's nice, awesome. Nice bonus trip. Yeah. And when you look on TV and you see the beaches and the water, I mean, it's really just like that, but it's even more beautiful in person. And that's wonderful. I loved it. I mean, you said you're not really a camping person, but do you like the outdoors in general? Is it? Uh, yeah, I'm not really a fan of outside. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't have a real tan tan right now. I guess it's been a while since you've been on the show, right? Yeah. So, so like I like my room, my, even my classroom blinds are all down. My house blinds down. Um, I like to sleep in the pitch dark. So I'm just um, not a fan of outside, um, but. Um, I'm a fan of Survivor. I'm a fan. You could have of, done Big Brother instead. You'd be inside a house all the time. But why is yeah, that less appealing? <laughs> um, Big Brother is 
also a great show, but I love the, um, I think that Survivor is more challenging in terms of the mental aspect as well as the physical aspect. And even though I'm saying I don't particularly care for outside, I love a challenge. I've done Outward Bound before for 10 days. So I've done things like that in the past outside because I wanted to challenge myself. Doesn't mean I like it, but I'm up for a challenge. I mean, going back to Harlem, you've been facing challenges all your life in terms yeah. of doing stuff that people probably thought, oh, there's no way, right? And yeah. building this this academy from scratch, right? I mean, that was, I'm sure a lot of people said, oh, he's just in a pipe dream, right? He's, yeah, a lot of people didn't think this school would happen, but the school motto is no fear. And I'm really big on, if there's something you want to do, go for it. We're all going to not be here forever. And if um, Father Time's undefeated, if there's something you want to do, you feel something in your heart, do it now because you don't want to look back in your life and have regrets. I don't want to be 85 and say, oh, I wish I'd have done it back then. And so that's what drove me to apply for Survivor, to start the school, to t travel with kids around the world. Everything I do is kind of born from that desire to um, live your life to the fullest. And look, you're known, you know, for the flashy videos and the, and the double dutch and the rapping, but really what's the overall arching philosophy of the school? Yeah, um, our school is about a revolution. All across America we have a dumbed down education system. We're ranked 41st in the world in terms of math and science scores and kids don't want to be in school in America. Teachers are miserable in many circumstances because of low pay, poor conditions, and our hands are tied and we're told to teach to a test. So we wanted to build a school where you could see that education can be exciting and passionate. Kids can love to come to school. Teachers can want to be there. And at the same time, you can have really, really high results. So what we do at RCA, we make it hard. I think we might be the most academically rigorous middle school in the country, but we do it in an environment where we surround the kids with love and relationships and it's hands-on, it's exciting, and we do dance on a desk. And you will see some music sometime, but that's just a slight glimpse of what we do. Oh, sure. What we really do is about changing the lives of kids, but then every week we open our doors and we allow educators to come from around the country. How many over the past 12 years? 50,000. Holy cow, that's a, that could fill up uh, Mercedes-Benz, right? <laughs> yeah, 50,000 have been so far and they come to Atlanta from all over the, they've been from all 50 states and 26 countries. They learn from us how to be a better educator. They go back to their schools and they implement our methods. So we're trying to cause this revolution to happen. We want kids in America to look at their teachers and say, that looks fun. I want to do that when I grow up. And so we help teachers figure out how to do that and get results at the same time. Wonderful. And uh, getting back to Survivor, what was the reaction of the kids when, they, when you finally were able to tell them where you were for 30, 40 days? <laughs> um, it was interesting. I mean, you were gone during the summer, so the kids didn't know anything, right? The... Yeah, and we travel so much. I yes. think they thought I was in Africa, actually, because oh, okay. we go to Africa a lot. So it was nothing new to them. Um, some of the kids are diehard Survivor fans, and so they cool. were freaking out. And then some of the kids have never seen Survivor before, and so for them, they're like, no, what is this? And I had to explain it to them. But we've built a family here at RCA, and so all the kids are very excited to cheer for me, just like we cheer for them. And anyone who does something well in the building, you get a lot of um, support. And so they've been wonderful about it. And they've asked me a thousand questions that I can't answer, which is hard. But I said, you have to watch. Who won? Who won? Yeah, of course, you, you don't to. even know. Actually, you don't know who won because that doesn't get announced until the live show anyway. You have to watch and see. <laughs> Funny thing, though, the most interesting thing has been my family members. I'm from the country in North Carolina. And some of them, of course, are Survivor fans, but some aren't. And I had a whole swath of my relatives who thought it was naked and afraid. And so they're like, <laughs> you were, because Survivor puts this picture of me out with my shirt off. So my family just assumed I was on Naked and Afraid. And so I had all these texts from my aunts and uncles. <laughs>
<laughs> You're going to disgrace the family. I'm like, wrong show, wrong show. I'll be just fine. <laughs> That's an even tougher show, I think. They get in their face. Oh, yeah. Just and bad. they don't even win a million dollars. They just get bragging rights, I think, to doing it. That's mm-hmm. all it gets for that. So, you know, they get mosquito bites and all kinds of things. And I just don't get mosquito bites. I've just Lucky never. You. I just I don't know why. My dad doesn't either. Well, I'll say I normally don't. So we arrive in Fiji, and the first day we're there, Survivor hasn't even started. I had three mosquito bites in the crack of my behind. (laughs) And I'm like, what in the world? And it's so painful. That's the worst place ever I've learned for mosquito bites. I'm glad I haven't gotten any. Yeah, I was miserable. And so I was like, I think this is going to be much harder than I expected. Oh, my goodness. I think they do allow you to use sunscreen, right? That is one little thing you're allowed to use so you don't Mm -hmm. burn to a crisp because you would definitely burn to a crisp on the island. (laughs) Yeah, when you watch TV, Survivor is real Survivor. Um, Some people in the past have thought, oh, when the cameras stop, they're giving you food or something. It's just not. I've seen the bites, Don. Some of those people have had (laughs) terrible, terrible bites. It's rough, and so you don't get anything. The only thing that we did get was a little bit of sunscreen to protect ourselves from the elements. And that's pretty much it. So what, uh, are there particular players you admire or anybody you were trying to emulate? I mean, since you are a fan, there must be a few that you must have admired. Um, yeah, um, maybe um, not a popular choice, but I love Spencer Bledsoe. I really am a, yeah, yeah, I like Spencer. a yeah. fan of his. I like how he plays a cerebral game, and I think I'm very similar in a lot of ways to how I view Survivor. And so I feel like I really connected with him. Um, then I love the heart. Is he back on the show? Did he return for this season? No. no, no, no. They have a couple of people returning, but from yeah. previous season, but not Spencer, right? No, it's interesting when um, I was in the casting process, you know, and they asked me who are Survivor players that I emulate or that I um, admire. Spencer was one, but then I, I mentioned two other players that I admire as well, and one was Joe and one was Aubrey. <laughs> so. Funny. And they're both playing this season. Oh, yeah, I like both of them. And not only that, they're both on my tribe of comma. Oh, that's, and so that's hilarious. It was a little bit shocking. Oh, that is totally very cool. Uh, what would you, um, I mean, going on, how did you prepare for the show? I mean, I'm sure you have a little bit of time to prepare. So what did you do? Did you learn how to make fire? I mean, is there a place in your backyard that you can learn how to make fire? Or? Yeah, I'm so embarrassed to tell you, but I, um, I tried. And if you've never, have you ever tried Flint? No, I okay. never. Man. It looks super difficult. Um, I'm not saying that it's easy because watching them, you know, if you're in the final four, that's what happens. Yeah. You end up being the two people. I tried until my fingers bled, you know, and I said, I must be doing something wrong. And I watched YouTube videos and I tried and tried and I never made fire um, before going to Fiji. And I was like, I'll just have to get there and hopefully somebody will be able to help me with this. I have lots of practice, I'm sure. But um, so, of course, I did the basic things. I swam four times a week. Ran, um, just worked out, so try to get my body physically in shape. Were there any puzzles that you tried to learn how to do? Because sometimes there's some types of puzzles they like you to. Yeah, well, I'm a little. Anybody who knows me close will tell you I'm I'm neurotic. Like every, I'm a perfectionist, and I just want everything to be just right. And so I went through all of the Survivor seasons, rewatched them, and every puzzle when it would come up on the screen, I froze it, printed them off, cut them out, and I did every puzzle. The first 36 seasons, so that I had <laughs> oh them. Oh my by, gosh! So I, I had them by memory. That's a hundred and fifty. Oh, that's hundreds of puzzles. That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. How did you dig up 36 seasons of Survivor? Is that available on CBS All Access, or do they have all the seasons available? Or what? Hulu. Hulu. Oh mm-hmm. wow, that's nice. Well, that's very time-consuming. So you did have a little bit of time, I guess. I'm a little neurotic, and so but w- once you think there's a possibility you're going to be on Survivor, like I I realized. 
tens of thousands of people want to be on this show. Yes, every year. If I honestly have an opportunity to really do it and to live my dream, I'm not going to waste it or squander it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to relish it. I'm going to embrace everything. And so I would be up till 4 or 5 a.m. watching Survivors, pausing it, thinking, contemplating, taking notes. Then I'd um, take my shower at 6.30 and come on to school and teach at 8 a.m. But I, um, I was living off of adrenaline. Also, one month before I left, I stopped all sugar, salt, just removed that from my diet because I didn't want to get into the game and have some type of a um, withdrawal. I mean, you still have to fill yourself enough calories, right? I mean, you make you know, sure you're... Um, actually, I, I don't think I did the, the smart way because I, um, I lost 10 pounds before I went. Yikes. Which because um, I was just trying to make sure I was physically fit, but I got so physically fit I lost a lot of weight. Yeah, sometimes the people with just a lot of muscle are the ones who suffer the most because they need the most calories. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the guys who are a little bit out of shape actually do better, which is ironic. You know? Yeah. If I could do it again, I think I would probably do the opposite and I'd fatten up. <laughs> I would get plump. Get those Krispy Kremes out here right now. Yep. <laughs> well, the game has evolved over the years. You know, they've added all sorts of different twists and turns. And do you like a lot of the twists and turns they've added and the fact that people now, you know, during the tribal councils, they're now like negotiating during the tribal council, which didn't used to happen. Like usually they kind of had everything set. And now things are literally changing on the fly. I'm a survivor traditionalist. Oh, and, really? Okay. Yes. In terms of playing the game of survivor, I don't want idols. I don't want really? twists. Like it's simple. Huh? It has to be based off relationships. That is my strength. My okay. strength is relationships with people, forming alliances, and then doing a, a job of trying to keep the alliance. I hate any type of twist. Um, I'm not a fan of anything that's going to throw me off my kilter. But as someone watching Survivor, I love those tribal councils when they're all talking and getting up and walking around that, and that freaking out. So much, right? No, I actually enjoy it to watch it, to experience Ooh, it. Nice. I wish there had been no idols, nothing, because that's um, a more pure form of survival. That's true. It throws, you know, there have been tribal councils where there are multiple idols thrown out, you know, and things just get weird. And I yeah. think the last season, you know, you, you didn't see season 37 until after you got back, but obviously there was one where they negated an idol, right, which was crazy. The nullifier. Nullifier, yeah. So mm -hmm. they, they, but you, you, I guess you have to go in expecting that they're going to throw something at you that you don't expect, right? That's just the way it goes. Right? I think that's one thing that people love about Survivor, and if you're going to last 38 seasons, you've got to constantly reinvent yourself, yes. and you've got to throw things out there that people haven't seen before to make them want to watch again, and, oh, this is new, and this is something that I haven't seen. And so I understand why they do it. Jeff Probst, what, he is sort of the secret sauce of that show. I mean, without Jeff Probst, I don't know if we would have made it to 38 seasons. What, what is it about him, you think, that just makes it work so well? As someone watching the show, you know, you admire Jeff Probst and wow, you know, um, he's so quick on his feet. But to see him in person, I don't, I'm not quite sure if I've ever been as impressed by anyone I've ever met. I mean, I was completely floored. Wow, you've met a lot of famous And I've met a lot of people. <laughs> and um, it, was, it wasn't just myself, it was everybody there, we constantly talked about Jeff, his, his ability, how quick he is on his feet, his, his level of questioning. He is just a genius at what he does. And um, he's just really a great guy. And I remember the very first day you get there, you know, he makes this speech and he said something to the effect of, years ago I realized why I make Survivor. I make Survivor for you, for the people who are gonna play Survivor. He said, I pick people who I want to watch play. And everything that we've done, all the challenges, all of the, the structures we've built, everything that's gone into planning this season was for you. And we want you to enjoy it. 
this is the world's biggest stage and you get to be an actor or an actress. And so when he said that, not only did I admire him because I could tell he was genuine, but it allowed me to tell myself, Ron, you're no longer Ron Clark the teacher, you're an actor and you get to take advantage of this huge, enormous set they've built for you and go for it. Probst uh, will often sort of try and get in your head during challenges and he'll make comments. Do you, are you able to block him out or do you just, how does that work? Because he'll sometimes make comments about how poorly you're doing, perhaps, you know. Like, um, Ron's way behind. <laughs> He's yeah. got no shot. Yeah. Well, I overanalyze and I'm analytical and yes. neurotic. And so one little comment will throw me off. Really? Okay. Yeah. You can't block that out. I I, when it's Jeff Probst, I mean, how can you block that out? I mean, he's the game master. And if he says something in your ear, you know, it's hard to ignore that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ron. Was there anything else about Survivor you want to throw in about, you know, what led you to this point in your life? I mean, this is going to be kind of a, a weird twist on your life because you've been an educator like you said and this is just very weird totally twist. off the path <laughs> um i tell my students all the time go for your dreams you only live once if there's something you want to do make it happen don't wait and so after saying that to them for so many years i stood, took a step back and said well ron you should take your own advice and i asked myself is there anywhere you want to go in the world you haven't been anything you want to do that you haven't done and i said wow i've always wanted to do survivor I didn't think it would be possible. I said, well, I'll just send in this little application online and it's never gonna happen. And um, I just feel very honored to have been given the opportunity. And I want everybody, um, if you haven't watched Survivor in, in years, um, it's just getting better and better. I encourage people to watch it because it's a phenomenal show and I just feel um, blessed to be part of it. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to accessatlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Ryan Horn, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. Access Atlanta.